Discord. Oh, this, okay, go ahead. <laughs> hello, hello, everybody. Welcome. Um, this is Gabby Garland, and I'm just going to tell you. So Gabby and I met pretty much through Instagram. Um, I don't even remember how long ago it was that we connected. Uh, it had to have been at least last year, minimum. Because oh, yeah. It's probably been podcast. almost a year. I would say so. so. Longer, yeah, maybe since we were talking. I don't know the day when I was like, oh, who's this lady or however that even happened. But here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so Gabby had me on her podcast back in February. And so Gabby um, runs the Resilient Heart podcast and now agency. So um, I I tell everybody like, you know, my, my whole in inspiration for this is Brene Brown's quote that everybody has a story. Nobody rides for free. So that's kind of where a lot of my interviews lay at is where I interview people and I just let them kind of tell their story and we can have some great conversations. Um, Cause like you and I both know when we're kind of overcoming traumas and crisis and whatever shit life throws at us, you know, not everybody does the work and di dives in and then changes that to some kind of triumph or like uses that for empowerment. And so anyway, um, you, you do a lot with the resiliency and we're going to have some good combos on that. But, um, Gabby and I also both believe in sharing the love. We're not greedy coaches. We don't want everyone just to be for us. I have other coaches that I've interviewed as well for this because not everybody is for everybody and we don't want everybody. So, um, we ain't got time for everybody. So. No, and, there, and there's that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really, you know, we'll get to this a little bit more in the meat of it all, but like the discernment comes from us picking who who we think we want to work with and can help and mm -hmm. as well as like that's why I like the networking because it's like you know what like okay so so <laughs> I just I just messaged Gabby not too long ago and I said Gabby you have a really great voice and you shouldn't be making like meditations and shit because I have misophonia so I'm weird with sounds as it is and so for me, it's hard to find like guided meditations or like people that I want to hear your voice, but like Gabby could read everybody a bedtime story and they would fall asleep. Like you have that voice. I'm just like wow, so, loud and in your and face. If I, <laughs> you know, if I do, a, if I do an episode like early in the morning, I'm like, hey, you, oh, you have the sexy hard podcast. <laughs> like I have like, like this is Gabby's... one 900 babe. It's no God. Yes. It's so <laughs> Gabby's corner. How may I service you? <laughs> yes, but no, be my only fans. A great voice for that. So I was happy to Thank learn you. you said you're making a portal for that. So that's really cool. So I am. I'm excited. If you know, just add that to the list of shit that I do that like I don't already have time for. You know, because why not? But you know what? We make time. Like in yeah. that thing, you know, it's just different priorities and and such. Um, but anyway, so talk a little bit about I know you started your podcast. Now you do a podcast hosting where you help people go basically from like this is what I think I want to do all the way to design and release and everything in between. So Tell yeah. us a little bit about your business before we dive into some meteor. Juice. Sure. So uh, I started the Resilient Heart Agency. This will be running on to our third year. Um, and I really started as it was an extension of my podcast. I started the Resilient Heart podcast. We launched August. Of, I always say we. I don't know. It's probably some sort of like deeply seated like well, childhood I wanna, trauma. I want to say you're a Gemini, my... but you're you're close. You're a Taurus. <laughs> so I um, I started the Resilient Heart podcast August two years ago, and it was something that I was like kind of crawling out of postpartum and I just wanted connection honestly like I don't think that I knew that at the time that that was why I wanted to do it but I just kept thinking and I and I did in my intro episode I was like you know I can't have thought that I went through this much shit in my life to like not help women get through their own and a girlfriend that's a healer probably 15 years ago told me you're gonna help women with trauma someday I'm like okay like think of me like 
absolutely not. I just, it wasn't in my wheelhouse. And so Resilient Heart turned into a coaching agency that we, I work with. Um, we do healing uh, with Reiki, uh, hypnosis, um, breath work, and tapping. And then um, I do uh, retreats. And it, we started an agency in January, uh, Resilient Voice Media, that was from my agency. I had client after client coming to me like, I want to start a podcast. Do you, you know, and I have a girlfriend that was already um, recording or my brain just died on me, uh, was already editing my podcast. And I was like, hey, girl, do you want to do this? And she's like, um, I don't want to start a company, but if you want to do it, I'm in. And that is literally how it came to be. So, so much for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, here we fucking go. Um, and every day I tell her, I'm like, God, I really wish you would have done this because owning a business, not for the faint of heart, it is ghetto, very ghetto. <laughs> like, so um, yeah, that's, that's so how I, wanna, I got my start. I do want to ask you though. So, I mean, because I'm, I'm like half my foot in the mental health world and then I do my coaching and now I'm adding this because, it, and, and then I have school. So I'm, I'm, my, my world split differently. I talk a lot about being very choosy about who you do trauma work with. And because I am in the mental health world, like legally, I can't, I can't process trauma because I'm not a licensed counselor. So there's this weird dynamic between the coaching world and who's doing trauma. But I want you to talk specifically about a lot of the trainings that you do, because yes, there's a, a blanket trauma-informed coaching that you can, everyone's being trauma-informed though. That's just the way the world's going. Eye doctors yeah. have to do it. Dentists have to do it like everywhere because everyone's living in trauma. Um, but will you talk about the extensiveness of your trauma training? Because I will say it's, it's very difficult for me because mostly I say coaching shouldn't, shouldn't be doing trauma, but talk about your trauma training. So inadvertently, we'll say that. Um, yeah, I, I have about six certifications in some sort of trauma capacity. One of the things that I wanted to get and wanted to understand, and, and honestly, some of, so much of it was I had spent, you know, 15 years in traditional therapy. Um, Mm -hmm. I'd been to anger management. I had done all of those traditional routes and I did a Reiki healing, um, a couple months after I had my son. Uh, and it was, the only way I could explain it was I felt lighter in a way that I had not, I had not felt in a year and a half since losing baby rainbow. And so it kind of started me on this path of what other ways are there to heal? And then I found breath work and I was like, Oh my God, I love that. And then I really wanted to understand what trauma does to the body because I'm, I'm, uh, I was somebody that spent many years with somebody in a domestic violence relationship with physical, emotional, mental, all those pieces. And I'm also adopted and I didn't understand until I really sat and looked at trauma and what it does to your belief system, your core values and all of those pieces. I didn't understand why I was the way that I was. And so I really, to be honest with you, went on a search to figure my shit out. Mm -hmm. And from that became my work that I do with women in trauma. And so I, I work with a lot of women that have ADD or ADHD. I work with a lot of women that are adopted or who have been a birth mother Um, And so the trauma work that I do is hypnosis based, um, but I'm also intuitive. So it's like, I get on a call. I have a girlfriend that's joining the me season class that's coming up and we get on the call and and I was like, I just write notes. Like I kind of just take a minute and write notes about what I feel like she might just need. And I wrote down that she had been abused. She'd been uh, molested and I didn't say anything to her on the call. And we were five minutes in the call and she's like full disclosure I just want to tell you like I was molested when I was a little girl and that's where I know it's rooted in and so 
there's this very weird thing about being intuitive and kind of being like, if I connect with you and that's why I have such a, like an energy piece behind any of my clients, like someone doesn't look like they're the right fit for me. I will pass you off to somebody else quicker Mm -hmm. than anything because it's such an energy exchange. And when you work with this really heavy shit that I think you got to make sure that it's the right person. I don't do money grab bullshit. I don't, that's not, that's not it for me. So Um, yeah, I don't, does that answer your question? No, it does. And I think that's a piece of it, you know, like, because I get asked that a lot because I'm in the mental health world is like, what's the difference? And I'm like, well, legally a therapist can process your therapy. And that's with like the therapeutic techniques. There are things like Reiki and, and hypnosis and different things that can help you just kind of get into it. Like energy healing is huge. And so I think the important thing is understanding like who offers what and, and how, and you and I even talked about that when you interviewed me was like, people need to use their own discernment and Mm -hmm. choosing who they're going to work with. And, and for somebody to say, Hey, I don't think you're the right fit for me to work with, like, that's, that is not something to walk away wounded from. If you're listening and, and you're thinking about working with a coach that says, I don't think we're the right fit. That is a blessing for you because a, they're not in it for the money grab, which neither you or I are ever. And B, they want you to get the right person. And that should mm-hmm. matter to you as a client as well. I think that that's really important. Um, I do. But- and I, and I think too, um, the, I have, I have plenty of clients that will come to me with hypnosis. Um, and then they'll take what they actually have learned about themselves that they have suppressed and take it to traditional therapy. Like I will take you as far as I can take you. And then I'm like, you got to call a therapist. Like let's move through it from this point forward. Cause Mm -hmm. a lot of times the the reason why I, why I love what I get to do is it works on the subconscious versus all the things we know. Like I could sit in a therapy chair and be like, let me tell you about myself and I'll tell you the highlight reel. And I'll tell you everything I want you to know about me hypnosis doesn't allow you to bullshit it it gets to the root whether you want to or not and it allows you to take to a therapist or to take to your healing journey the actual truth not the thing that you've been telling yourself or the thing that you think it is because so often what women find and what I found is that what I thought I was struggling with wasn't really what it was and that was mind-blowing for me so I'm like everybody needs it everybody everybody needs it and I love that piece like I love being the in-between for people that are in counseling because um you know like I have a client that she was like I can't trauma dump on my husband I'm working with my counselor so I'm like cool send me whatever your homework is with your counselor so that I'm we're on the same page with that but then also like we will kind of go through like the coping skills, the breathing, the meditation, like the everyday things that they need help with while they're working through the deep shit. And so mm-hmm. I think, you know, like, I, I think there, there is an important differentiation to understand with people like, and a good coach is going to go, and this is where I stop. And this is where you need counseling. Right. Um, yeah. And important that I, that person can say that because we are not here to damage and we could, if we took on out of our realm. No, absolutely. And I think there is such, it, it's, we've been, I've talked about this is the, the fuckery of the coaching world that people really have, are looking out for themselves. And when you work from a healing space and I love the the business side, cause that's where my background started. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you do this type of work, it can't be your, your intention cannot be around. I'm going to make this much money. Like it just, from an energy's perspective, that's just not, that's not the way it should be. In my personal opinion, the other people can disagree, but that's just me. No, I agree because, oh my gosh, like we do heavy work. (laughs) It is heavy. And sometimes it's really fun and cool. Like, I mean, you know, 
my, I, I also do like a bunch of HR stuff. Cause that's my bachelor's degree. So sometimes I'll see people twice and they like move on. Cause it's like, Hey, can you fix my resume with me and do a mock interview? Got you. You know, like, I love it. Like just kind of fun everywhere. Um, but that's, yeah. that's, you know, mine is very different from, um, what you, what you do, but that's what I love about it. And, um, and so to, how did you come up with the resilient heart? So Resilient Heart came, um, I had written down a bunch of different names that I liked of just like potential names. And I was really like, I have a potty mouth. I use the F word <laughs> like it's my job. My and job. so initially it was like, I definitely want to put like F-bomb or something in my episode or my in my title. And then I was like, I kind of sat with it for a little while and I was like, mm, I don't know. And I had written down uh, Redemption Heart and Resilient Heart. Okay. And Redemption Heart, my husband was like, that kind of sounds like a country music album. And I was like, yeah, it kind of does. And Resilient Heart at the time, um, when I really sat and thought about it and kind of just gave myself some space to see if that was the right fit, um, that is my life. Like Resilient Heart is my life story. It's my children's story from my daughter being um, the product of domestic violence relationship. Uh, her father was a drug dealer and she's now a police officer. So if you can just really don't break all, <laughs> gonna break all the generational curses there. Uh, and then my son is a, he's got uh, several heart defects. And so he's yeah. had two surgeries before the, for the age of five months. And he's like, you would never know. His team is always like, you couldn't tell he's a heart baby if you knew, because normally they have really tiny, like wispy hair and he's got this big, full, so crazy out of hair and he's so chunky. And I'm like, <laughs> they're the inspiration behind resilient heart that's that's and the more that the years pass the more that name was exactly what it needed to be yeah i love it so like yeah. expand on that a little bit like what what are some like what are some prominent lessons of resiliency like what does that mean to you because i think this is a word that's very different for people i'm just starting to really realize like people don't understand the actual intent of the word the actual meaning versus like how it how it plays out in their world yeah, so resilient to me and for my life and for my family, um, it's just overcoming because I think there is not anybody that you talk to that hasn't been through some shit in your life. And the more that you interview people and the more that you just get to know men and women in the world, we all have a story. That, and there's another Brene Brown quote says, if you listen long enough, you will have, everybody you know will have a story that will bring you to your knees and they will break your heart. Mm -hmm. And it's so true. And so when I think about resilient heart, it is what happens when you get on the other side of it, because I think so often, and that's why I love the work that I get to do, because so often we get stuck in the struggle. We get stuck in the patterns. We get stuck in all of the crazy shit that happens to us. And sometimes we really, actually not sometimes, all the times we really need to look at what, what part did I play in my own demise? Because that's yeah. one of the things that people have the hardest time doing. And sometimes you're the reason why shit keeps going like this. And that was one of the things that I discovered myself. I was like, oh, I sabotage. Oh, I run. Oh, I blah, blah, blah. Like, um, so resiliency is the story of what it looks like when you get on the other side and you have a little perspective to look back and go, holy shit, I did that. Mm -hmm. I, I overcome that. Um, so yeah, that's what it means for me. I think like, that's, that's what I, that's what I love to hear. Like, you know, especially because my coaching business is very different from like my mental health world, like my, my during the day working in mental health and listening to people. And I listen to these people and their stories and, and I just, you know, you see how broken they are. And I think one of the cool parts, whether it's my coaching or working in the mental health is 
being able to point out people's strengths, like that they don't even realize how resilient they are. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, it's like, you're here, you're doing the work. And I look at some of these people that make my trauma look like nothing, even though trauma is not comparison. You know what I mean? Like trauma yeah. is trauma. And we should never try to be like, well, mine's better or bigger than yours. Like get out of here with that. But I look at these mm-hmm. people and I'm like, they're amazing to me. And they don't even yeah. see that. And I'm like, well, you mm-hmm. live your life. I work with however many people a week. And so my, my lens is out here and there's something that is so beautiful. And I, and I think, you know, people don't realize that when we're coaching, when we're working with people that their stories are life-changing for us, their growth Mm -hmm. is life-changing for us. And somehow weirdly, we've talked about this. It mimics shit we need to know in our own life in that moment. It's like, damn it. Why are you putting this in my face again? I thought I did Mm -hmm. this. Guess not. So it's kind of cool. And so it's like, it's, that is like back to what you're saying, like not wanting everybody. We don't because there is a massive energy exchange. And especially when you have people that are like a true, true healing heart and that kind of work, especially like with the energy, you know, because not everybody functions from that place. You can get a coach that's very logical, very like clinical based. I'll say not a lot of heart. And some people need that. Other people don't. Yeah. I'm not that girl. No. No, yeah. no, no, not at all. So <laughs> on the other side, like another topic that we talk a lot about is like authenticity. Mm-hmm. And I think we could talk about this like all day, every day. Yeah. <laughs> but how does that show up in your world for you personally? Um, It's peace for me, to be honest with you, because I came from a network marketing environment for five years. Where I was wildly successful. I, you know, was top 1% of the company. I made Buku Bucks and I was a carbon copy of the women that I saw and the women that were my uplines. And I don't think that I realized then that I had lost who I was. I became that company. I became that look. My husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, thought that that color was my favorite color because I abandoned all the shit that I liked about myself um, to do that business. And I'm grateful for it because it taught me so much, but it also taught me that being exactly who I am is okay. And once I got out of that environment where I felt like I had to be a carbon copy to be successful, I have been even more successful on my own and happier. And, um, there's peace when I'm like, listen, a bitch knows her ankles. Like when you see me in person, I'm definitely bigger than you probably think I am. I don't give a fuck. Like, you know what I mean? There's peace to that. Where, yeah. Whereas, you know, instead of being like, oh, I only show filtered pictures of me or only show, you know, I'm like, listen, like, this is what it is. And I think, you know, body image and, and there's such a world where women are taught to believe that you can't do what we do every day. If you're not in this beautiful, perfect body and, and don't get me wrong. I'm still working on my own and, and I want to get healthier and a, I'm definitely getting a tummy tuck. I'm just letting y'all know, but like, <laughs> it's not, it's not because my worthiness is based on my exterior. I've already done enough work to know that my worthiness is rooted in who I am. And to me, I think that's authenticity because if you can't show up in a room and know you belong there all by yourself or in a room with a thousand people, 2000 people, then you've still got more work to do. And I think to me, that's, that's the power of authenticity is when you don't feel like you have to be a chameleon in a space that you're in and you just get to be exactly who you are and be confident. Um, because I think 
too many people want to fit in or want to belong that they lose themselves in the process. And I just, I think that's sad because I was that girl. And so I just, and yeah. Renee talks about that in her book, Braving the Wilderness, like how she talks about oh, that book. It's amazing. I listen to that probably like every six or eight weeks because I just, I can't get enough of her in that. But when she talks about, especially with women, the difference between belonging and connection and belonging is like, oh, when remember when she talks about the girls and she's like, oh, you don't like this girl, let's be friends. So we can just sit and talk shit. That's not connection. That's belonging. No, and belonging. This is like, uh, you know, body image, um, self-worth, self-esteem, these types of things, um, you know, the definition of self-love, like people confuse what all of these different things mean. And mm -hmm. there's different ways that those show up. And I think that have different, um, different ways. I, I mean, we all interpret things differently, you know, but like, like when I talk about self-compassion, for example, like Kristen Neff is the big guru on that. And, and she, she, it's about humanity. It's just embracing like when at, at its core, self-compassion is understanding like, well, A, it's kind of like, this is what's happening. I'm just going to acknowledge it. B, I'm just going to mm -hmm. sit with it and I'm going to feel it. And this is where we have to work hard to not judge it or ourselves. Like you piece of shit. Why are you thinking like that again? Or why'd you go see that guy again? Or any of those things? Why'd you eat that cookie? Yeah. And then it's that kind of third level of it is like the human experience. And that embraces the whole encompassing of really great to really shitty. And we have life experiences that are going to change us for, because it was bad and because it was good. And I think that that's an interesting concept. And then even like, like self-love, I had this client just talk to me that basically this was a theme that really showed up in my world last week was okay. self-love. And one person was being told like she really was told like you're never going to succeed in life till you love yourself and it rubbed me the wrong way because i do believe we have to love ourselves but this woman was basically being told in the throes of her trauma post sexual assault and you have no love you've been completely degraded that is completely lost that basically what she was told was you're never going to be you have to love yourself first or you're never going to be worthy of anyone else's love. And in that situation, that really pissed me off. Do we have to have self-love? Yes. Do we, do we set the tone, like the way that we treat ourselves and speak to ourselves? Yes. And so it's an interesting concept because it shows up different in everyone's worlds. And so then mm -hmm. when somebody makes one blanket statement, it might work for that demographic that it fits, but then the outliers, it doesn't fit. So it's like, yeah, yeah. we got to have self-love. Hell yes. But you can't tell somebody in their deep darkest parts where they have no hope don't even know if they can make it to the next day that they're only worthy of love if they love themselves first yeah. like that's when that saying makes me insane but I do think I did I actually did an episode on this uh was worthy versus capable was the name of the episode and I talked about being everybody is worthy of love but not all of us are capable of one giving back the love that we desire and yeah. accepting the love that we want and so I think that's an important piece because I do yeah. think, you know, I look at just even within my own marriage in the last five years, it will be five years in November. Mm -hmm. uh, I lost myself completely within the context of my marriage uh, when my business fell apart and I was trying to figure out what I was doing and I had postpartum and we lost the baby. And like, it was like, I just, the, the hits just kept coming. Like life was whipping my ass for a hot minute and I lost who I was. And that resonated within my marriage in a way that like disconnected me from my husband because yeah. I stopped being this vibrant, uh, you know, 
proud, you know, successful, like all these pieces of me that he fell in love with because I was strong and kind and like all these things, I was like a shell of who I used to be. And so I, well, I don't know, I don't believe you can be loved. I've been a hot ass mess and been loved very deeply. And I've been very healthy and been loved very deeply. And I don't think they're one or the other, but Mm -hmm. I do think that we will not accept healthy love for ourselves until we have some worthiness about ourselves. And I don't even know if you call it self-love, but absolutely. No, it is. And then, and especially in relationships, I think that is really, really, um, valid. Like if you can't treat yourself with love and respect, how the hell are you going to expect, you know, if you date men, a man to, we'll just keep it yeah. heterosexual because we both are <laughs> for the yeah. sake of combo, you know, and, and it does matter. And then also like, that is, that is the hard part when you're in the throes of trauma or you're in post assault or um physical or any of it, when you don't feel lovable, like you got to let some people love you because yeah. their love is going to get you through. And that's the connection that we need as women. And then that's how we move through back into like that really healthy place. Cause I don't know about you. Yeah. What do you, think about, you know, cause like, I think I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, like something happens to us. We're a victim. Like it mm-hmm. just, what it is, what it is. We're a victim. And I talk a lot about this, how we have the choice to stay a victim or we have a choice to heal. And, you know, we never get to choose what happens to us. The only thing we can choose and keep power of is ourselves, like control of ourselves. Cause how many people want to control everything? That's their trauma response. I have to control this. I have to control that. Well, then <laughs> that's <you> me. <laughs> your healing. Right. Right. It's a common one. And people don't even understand it. Like, why do I have this desire to be in control? Cause you haven't worked through your trauma. And so you're mm-hmm. like, when's the next blow coming? When is the next, what the hell? I don't know what's happening. That is a normal trauma response but um, it is and it's a scary one um but anyway then I feel like so we take that choice and we move on to like now we're in that survivor place we're doing the healing like we choose that empowerment but I honestly am kind of coming to this place and I'm just curious your thoughts on it of actually stepping into that empowerment because I think we're always constantly doing work and there is there is a level uh, remember when we talked on your episode and I was like, I'm not my trauma. Like I will never wear my trauma as a badge. Mm-hmm. And I feel like some, some people, their survivorship, if you will, is this is my trauma. This is who I am now. And this is all I'm going to define myself by. And here's my story. And that's beautiful to a degree. And then, but you know, and, and some people really function well, but I'm, I see some people where I'm like, man, like, yeah, you went from this, you did the work and now you're just like, it's like the badass and like, like kind of like your own story, honestly, like you stepped into it all, like, and you mm-hmm. still realize like, Hey, I'm still doing the work because that, that never stops. And then you just no. really build something from it. I think a lot of people too get stuck to their story. Like I, one of the speaking engagements that I did, this has got to be like two and a half years ago. And the title of it was what Eminem and I have in common. And first of all, <laughs> I'm like a huge Eminem was, fan. Was Eminem this your fan. talk? Yeah, I was on a, I I was a speaker on a a summit. And first of all, I love Eight Mile. And one of my favorite, my favorite part of Eight Mile is the very last rap battle where he's like telling him all of his stuff. Like, I think there's a power that comes from owning your story, but also owning it in a way that doesn't allow other people to use it against you. And I think a lot of people wear it as a badge of honor, but also wear it as a victim. And when you, you can share 
the messiest shit in your life. And I share way more than I ever fucking thought I would, but (laughs) I don't share it from when I'm still in it. I share it when I've got perspective. I share it when I have some lessons that I can share. I share it when I can give you some, some pieces to take with you versus me just crying about my life and feeling sad for myself because I think too many people get stuck in the sorry for themselves or they get stuck in the, I'm working on myself. I'm working on myself. I went to this retreat. I spent this money on a coach. I did this. I did this. Like they're really excited to tell people what they're doing, but what are you applying? But not how is your day-to-day going? What are you doing when no one's looking? What are your habits that you do on a daily basis? Are you eating your feelings when you're telling the world you're working out and do living your best life? Or, you know, like it's, yeah. so, it's, it's running everything that you do through that filter of whether or not this shit is real and making sure that who you are online matches who you're offline. Um, because that's essential. Like there's way too many people you meet them in person. You're like, oh, right. Right. Joke was on me. Yeah. yeah. And I, that is an important piece. Like, and I think that that's it. And, and I'm fully, honestly, I still don't share my story. I really don't like to share my story. And that is I like, that's just something I'm still trying to process through because the part of mine is like full stop is because I don't want that piece of crap to find out that I'm telling anything that had to do with him. Cause he would feel proud about it. Like, and it still controls me, which pisses me off, but yeah. And mine, I think the reason why there's so much peace to the years that I spent with my daughter's father is he's dead. There's, oh, you know, yeah. like what are they going to do? Like mm-hmm. his mama has never liked me. So if she has something to say, I could give two fucks. So like, there's right. no blowback that I have to worry about. And, and it's hard to be honest. Uh, and I have a plenty of clients that come to me that have things with, you know, f- within family members um, and things that they want to talk about. They're like, oh God, I can't say that. Um, but we have to be really honest with the people that love us and the people that we love about our experience. And my daughter and I, um, we did an episode together, which I'm trying to get her to do it again because she's like, oh God, well, what is she going to ask me? But we've had such a, a transition of like, hey, what have I done to hurt you that I didn't know I did that I need to apologize oh, yeah. for? Yeah. And I think not enough people do that just in their lives in general. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to really start to one, how do I, how am I really showing up in the world? Like we can think we're living our best life and, and no fucks to give and we're this and that. But then when you really kind of take stock and you ask people for some feedback on who you are, sometimes that's just hard to hear, Mm -hmm. but so often we need it. And we need that opportunity for somebody that loves us to check us on our stuff, because that's the only way you're going to grow. And I think that's really true friendship. And, and even, you know, like, even if it's a business connection, like, Hey, this didn't feel great. Um, you said this and I, I, can we talk about this? You know, like, and I think that that comes back to authenticity too, is like, how authentic are we? And if, if we can't address our own shit, mm-hmm. you know, because I mean, sure we can sit and tell people all day long, but like, if we're a hot mess behind the scenes, like then somebody meets us in person or they see our real life and they're just like, man, you've been a liar the whole time. Like, and you can, yeah. I think you can feel that through the screen too. I think it's very obvious if you scroll through social media, what's going on in people's lives for real. And like when they can't, you know, like if you can't post, like you can't claim authenticity in the social media realm, but always, you know, like always have the filter. Like I like my filters. There's days where I'm like, you're getting a filter. I'm not going to traumatize you. (laughs) Uh, And it's like more, it's like, like a skin glow than it is like a whole fake ass thing. But, and not to like, you know, rip on people, but I just think authenticity, like we feel it in our gut. 
we know mm-hmm. in our guts about people within about 30 seconds. Truly. Yeah. You know, and usually I'm good with that, but I also have, I'm one of those that like wants to see the best in everybody. Like I am that girl where I want, you know, because my intent, you know, my intentions are always in the right place. Like I have done so much work and I can say that there were, there were points in my life years ago where manipulation was like, that was my middle name. Like I was in survival. I was all these things. And I knew how to get what I needed from whoever I needed it from years ago. And now that's just not my life anymore. And I think a lot of times people are not accustomed to that. Like, you know, I'll even add people on social media and they're, and I'm like, Hey, it's so nice to meet you. And Oh my God, your babies are cute. And what you make for dinner? Like, I'm literally just, this is how I talk to people. And they're like, I was literally, I had one, a woman that signed up to work with me. This was about a year and a half ago. And she was like, I literally like six months of talking to you. And I was like, she's not trying to sell me something. And I was like, No. no. She signed up and worked with me for like, I think she did two sessions or she did two uh, groupings back to back of hypnosis sessions. And Mm -hmm. she was like, the fact that you didn't try to sell to me told me that that wasn't why you were talking to me. And then I was like, immediately their armor goes down. Yeah. Yeah. And, and (laughs) we have, we have dealt with that many a times. Like, let's just talk about that for a few minutes. Cause you and I both will get like (sighs) person who wants to follow you. I can tell you right now, if you have Forex or trading or anything, I'm not following you back. Go away. Um, but there will be people that are like, oh, I'm in the coaching business and I help coaches do this. And I'm like, and there's, there's just nothing, or they just randomly give you some piece of advice you don't want. And then, Hey, you can buy this or that. You got some funny stories. No, I think it's so disrespectful. Like, I think social media allows people this belief that like, just because someone has a bazillion followers, that they're absolutely killing it. Like for somebody, when I look at like, and I, I always share this and I never share it to brag, but like my podcast went one eleven launch weekend. I had less than a thousand people yeah. across all of social media. We had over a thousand downloads within 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Like people went hard as fuck for me. And so when you get those messages and they're like, oh, let me help you. Like, I'm not a wounded ass bird. Just because I don't got a bunch of followers doesn't mean I'm not successful. Like one of my coaches that I had worked with for all of last year, he finally got on social media. He's, he's probably worth about 20 million at this point. Mm -hmm. And he had, I think he had like 400 followers when I hired him as a coach. And again, this comes back to authenticity. I don't want to pay for my followers. I mean, you probably get it at least once a day, minimum once a week where people are like, Hey, you can do this and buy your, I don't want to buy followers. I want people to to follow me if they like my content, the end, I don't care. And that's, again, that's where the self-worth comes in. Like, I don't, my follower number does not determine the success of my business, the quality of my heart or anything Mm -mm. else. And I'm not going to put up shit just because just to get numbers you know like I mean I could easily get on TikTok and show some TNA and probably have a lot of followers um and that has nothing to do with who I am or <laughs> what oh, I do yeah I and I'm so it. like oh I am so conscious of pictures and and how far down I go and I'm like I just it's just not my style mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to lean on sexy and it's not even a confidence thing. Like I wore leather pants in my last, <laughs> last photo shoot. Like yeah. it's not about want, not wanting to be sexy or beautiful or those pieces. Mm-hmm. It's just not what I want to lead with. And it's really just not my personality in general. Like I bartended back when my daughter was a baby 
And I was the most clothed of all the bartenders and shot girls. And I made two to three times, sometimes four times what all the other half naked girls made. And I was like, that was kind of that thought in the back of my mind that like, yeah, that might make, get me a follow, but is that person really going to like, why are they following for me? me? Yeah. They're following right. because they want to see my booty shaken. Like, yeah. and there's no shade. I think I, I, I'm always in awe of the beautiful women that are on social media. Mm-hmm. There's no shade to me about it. It's just no. not me. It's, it's not that's me never going to be me. But I, I, I get, I bring it up just because we know we could. I mean, we're both yeah. the big city committee. Like we could easily just like, bam, in your face, show some tea. I'm saying, and I, yeah. I don't even think about it. Cause there's nights where I'll like get out of bed and I've got a towel on my head and I crawl in bed. I don't, you know, I don't sleep with anything on and I'll have the blankets up and I'll be like, Oh my God, I'm going to do at this video or something. I just don't even give a shit. Like I just don't yeah. care, but I'm not going to, yeah. we could take the easy route if the followers was it. And, and if that's how somebody wants to do their thing and they want to, maybe their goal is to become a big creator. That's okay. Do your thing. We are not here to body shame or show just, it's just not our jam. So I don't want people to follow me because I showed. I get it. I get enough of that already. Like, Hey, pretty lady. So, so, um, so one of the guys that I interviewed for the podcast, like he's, it's a very different type of interview because his shtick is, um, he calls everything out. He, he calls out toxic women mentalities in the dating and the, like, and just in that mentality world. Cause I'm sure you've seen it all over social media. There's like this big fight against masculinity and femininity and like the mm-hmm. whole, I'm not even going to say that man's name and he's getting banned off of all of the forums. And, you know, it's like, um, so anyway, he talks about that. And, um, and so I interviewed him and, I don't even remember the damn point. I was going to tell you about this. This is so annoying. But anyway, um, he he's a different one of the interviews, but I was going to say something about it. Oh, I'm so irritated right now. Never done that. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, it's not a body shaming thing. It's it's truly just about like, that's just not who we are and that's not what we're here for. But um, th- the follower thing, um, well, actually, I'm going to ask you about that. What do you, what do you think in this debate? Have you seen the whole masculinity, femininity and what are we supposed to be like? Just weigh in on your free thoughts on that. Cause I know I have a lot Mas- of like, are you talking about like within dynamics within a relationship yeah, or masculine versus feminine thing. women? All of it. Like there's a ton of men out there that are saying like, oh, women are, women are masculine and women have ruined the relationships and men are single because women are had to step into their this and that. And it's, there is such a toxic world out here right now about men and women and and bashing people if they want to have like a traditional family role. And I'm just like, that's what Kay and I were talking about. And he was, you know, he has his views and I'm like, ultimately I don't understand why we're sitting here trying to define everything for everybody. Like, why are we trying to do that? Like what resonates with you and what resonates with you and your spouse and what works or your significant? Why are we caring so much about I think it's because everybody wants to police everybody else's life. Everybody wants to have an opinion. Everybody wants to weigh in. Social media give, has given people a platform to have an opinion about the things that go on in other people's worlds. And first of all, it's gross because it's none of our fucking business. And two, I think if you're, and I told my husband this years ago when we first started dating, because he is like the most boring social media person in all of America. He's so lame. But like <laughs> from an outside perspective, like we went up to dinner on sun- Saturday night. I took him out to dinner by the water and I was like, you know like took a picture whatever and he's just like oh here we go 
Like he is not, he's even less in that world. And to be honest with you, the content creation piece, it's my least favorite part. I fucking hate it. Yeah. But I know I have to do at least some of it so that I can get my message out there and book my clients and meet new people and make new friends and all these pieces. Mm-hmm. But like people need to worry about what works best for them and in their environment. And also understanding that like within the context of a relationship, like my marriage five years later is a completely different relationship and, and dynamic than it was year one or even year two. Every year we have grown and changed and become different people with different desires and different requirements and different needs. And I am, for somebody like my husband laughs, I'm like, babe, I don't gotta be the boss. He's like, <laughs> okay, sure, babe. Like totally, cause I'm very, very, very alpha. I've always been a super alpha female, very opinionated, loud, now it comes across more as kindness, but it used to be like fighting people and telling everybody about themselves. And I don't care about any of that shit, but you can be an alpha female and lay your armor down in a safe space. And I think that's the thing that people are missing is that they're so caught up on who's paying this and who's doing that. But like, if you feel safe and he feels safe, that completely changes the dynamics of what you can create together. And then it's not, am I being masculine? Am I being feminine? Like I even shared something about, um, I'm going into a soft season where I'm just like, I'm just going to be fucking happy. I'm not letting shit fucking bother me. I'm going to be doing things that feel good to me, things that pour into my life. And I think when people are happier, they're worried less about what it's supposed to look like and worried more about what it is on the inside. And if you wake up and you're like, God, I'm really happy to be there today, you know? Mm -hmm. But I also think like kind of back to one of your original comments, um, Social media does give a platform for everybody to have an opinion. And I think it's great. And I'm not a big fan of people being just shut down. I don't agree with this guy at all on what he's doing or the the minds of young guys that he's poisoning. And I'm not even giving him clout saying his name, but I do not believe in cancel culture. I think cancel culture is, is ridiculous and it doesn't keep us present. Like we need to have conversations you know, there needs to be a conversation to be had, whether, and it's not about being right or wrong all the time, you know, but I think it comes back to like, so many people want to judge other people. Like how, how broken is your heart that you have to attack somebody physically the way they look? Oh my gosh. So this came up just recently on on two different posts. So I'd shared something about Miranda Lambert and it was a post where you saw the comment section. It was on my Facebook. Mm-hmm. I, I'm way more on Facebook than I'm on Instagram, but mm-hmm. it was about her body. Oh, she need like, I guess it's that she's running the Krispy Kreme tour and like all these hateful, horrible good. things. I think she's gorgeous. She's always been gorgeous. Who, like, what is it your place? And then I had another post where I had a dream about, I was dating, uh, Jeff, uh, what's his name? Davidson, Pete Davidson. Oh, and oh. one of the girls was like, oh, I don't care. He's a. Um, he looks like crackhead, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, we don't need those comments here. Like I choose kindness. That post made me laugh, but continue. Yeah, no. Oh my God. The comment sections offline or even you. No, just your, your, oh my God. I laughed so hard out loud when I read that. I was like, here we go. (laughs) I had a dream years ago. My husband and the rock got into a fight over me because you know, I do the most. My husband won. So you know, that shit wasn't real. That's how you really feel. I do them but up. it was like, I think people are, they lost the sense of being kind to other people. And I grew up in a world where if you said something hateful to somebody, you better go to the park at three o'clock and fucking fight your ass meet off. The, meet at the flagpole. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and so God. people got away from that. So you've got these people mm. trolling other people 
that they never have any accountability for the mouth that they run. And like, you can tell you've never had to fight for the mouth you feel like you're entitled to share. And I don't know, I think you really do become what you put out into the world. And if you're putting out judgment and hatred and saying hateful things about other people and making comments on other people's bodies, like that's the environment that you have created and the the energy that you're surrounding yourself with and nothing good comes from that. Mm -hmm. Because I've done both. Let's be real. Well, for sure. I mean, I even think about that. Like I say the old me and the new me just because life changes you like bad experiences, sad experiences, grief changes you, uh, you know, trauma changes you. Um, but I don't feel like it's for the worse. Like I, and that's one thing I tell people, I'm like, you know, you know, the blue pill versus the red pill, like you can go back 15 years with all your knowledge now, or you can take 10 mil from now on and forward. I'll take the 10 mil because there is nothing that I would want to change because I don't know that I would be standing where I'm at today. Had I not gone through all those experiences. And that's a weird concept to people. And that's going to hit different depending on where they're at in their healing journey. But, um, but I think like, one thing that's become a really fun task for me is to figure out how to say fuck you without saying fuck you. <laughs> like, I, I just say fuck you. I, I mean, I have not said that in a really long time, but like when people, <laughs> when people will say something hateful, um, I just like to say something like, I'm sure, I can't think of an example, but like, it might sound something like, it sounds like you've got some healing to do. Do you need a hug? Are you okay today? Mm-hmm. And they just look at you like, they don't know what to say. And it's yeah. a little bit snarky, but it's a little bit like, I'm not going to engage in your warfare because I don't believe in matching energy. I'm not one of those people. I'm not going to match your energy because I'm going to protect mine, but I will match your effort and, you know, these different things depending on the situation. But, um, yeah, but people are very broken and I think they are humanizing language that has become so normalized politically, which started with a different president and it, and then we get COVID and COVID was, a really vicious, vicious thing for everybody to survive because on one hand, you've got people preaching, do this, we care about everybody's health and this and that. But if you didn't do this, then you deserve to die and you're a piece of shit human. And this languaging has become all too comfortable for people. And oh, and I think COVID was such a was such a turning point for me just in intolerance and kindness because you know, we were quarantined far before long before that because of the baby's heart. And then we yeah. didn't know what COVID would do to him. So we were like, we were locked up in the house for a long ass time. And then a year ago, I lost a childhood girlfriend to COVID right. and it was devastating. I mean, it took her within five days and I, I did a, the story popped up. I didn't share it again because I was bawling on my stories, but, um, just because someone doesn't believe what you believe doesn't mean that you can't be compassionate but I'm also not going to extend over compassion to somebody that's feeling hatred. Like that's just not going to happen. I'm going to get away from you. I'm going to disconnect. I'm going to remove you from my life in my environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just got to see, I think the last couple of years have been kind of a reckoning of people's moral compasses, who they are, what they believe, how they feel they belong in the world and what they feel entitled to say to others. And either yeah. it's pushed me closer to so many people and it's, it's, made me back away from others. And sometimes I think that's good because you start mm-hmm. to learn what people think and how their mind works. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know you thought and that. Like, I can still love you, but I don't really want to fuck with you like that no more. No, and and I think that that's, that's something too. Like, that's not cancel culture. That's not like mm-hmm. I'm offended by something you said because I disagree and you don't deserve a platform. That's not the same thing as, 
protecting your peace, protecting your energy and disengaging from really toxic, mean, hateful people. It's not okay. And that is what I think COVID has, it did create. And then on the flip side of it, COVID created so much more mental health unwellness, but then created, then made it normal to go get help. There, you know, you, I know you've probably heard this. I remember when I was in anger management and I was working at a traditional job and they found out that I was like in anger management and it was like, oh my God, what's wrong? You know, people yeah. wouldn't talk about it. And I know within the Latino community, like it's very much like we don't, if you go, you, you're fucking crazy if you go get therapy, but like, but how's it working for you right now? Like how's life and the way that you move in the world and the way you feel in your body and the way you interact with others, how's that working? Is If that's working for you and you're happy, okay. Mm-hmm. But like, there's nothing wrong with making it better. And I think that's the thing that people need to, maybe that's not for you and that's fine, but let people do what they feel they need to do to get to a better space. Well, and that's just it. Like that's, I, I love to say that to people like, you know what, that seems like that works really well for you. That's just not a choice I make for myself. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to, I'm not going to devalue your own choices. Like, but I don't choose them for myself. So I can live in both spaces respectfully for that yeah. conversation, you know, it's, and it's, just, it's not my job to just yeah. to decide for somebody else how to live their life or to, no. I may not agree. I mean, there's plenty yes. of shit in the world. We yes. don't agree, but the, the need to be hateful. Nah. It doesn't teach anything. And honestly, mm-hmm. like, I think if people would shut up long enough to realize that we are more connected than we are disconnected. And so, um, it, for me, it's like, if we would just shut up long enough to hear everybody's story or even we don't have to hear the details, but like, we're so all connected. We've all experienced trauma. We've all experienced death and loss and grief. We've experienced embarrassing moments. We experience moments of insecurity and doubt. Like we are so much more connected, but if people would just focus on themselves, but, but it's just too easy now. It's just, it's out, it's everywhere. And hurting people are just hurting people. Like they're hurting other people, you know, and it's just, so there is a differentiation between cancel culture and I'm going to, I'm going to step away and let you do your thing, you know? And the one thing I will say is on, on any of my social media pages, I'm very blunt about if you come on here with some bullshit, I will just block you because you're not going to talk any kind of way to me. And you're not going to come after somebody else on my page. Like I don't tolerate bullying and disrespect on my page zero I will block that I love especially if I don't know you yeah Brene had one of the best ways to explain what she why she doesn't address bullying she's like you know if you can't if you have a cat as your your profile picture I'm not going to talk to you like I'm not going you know you don't even have a picture we're not having a conversation it's not constructive she's like I'm I am all for constructive conversation but when you start being hateful, like I'm cool, like, mm-mm. right. Right. And, and that's what I was, that's what I think too, is like, if I know you, if I have some semblance of a relationship with you and you say something that's tweaky to me, who I am is going to, I'm going to address it directly. I hate passive aggressiveness with a passion. Um, so mm-hmm. like, if I know somebody and they say something, I'll say, Hey, that's not really the appropriate spot for it, but we can have this conversation off my page. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to drop some bomb or some hateful thing publicly but we can go ahead and do this like that's just and that's a disrespect to me like clearly you're telling me you don't respect me either to not have this as a private conversation and it's not about being afraid of somebody reading it it's just simply this isn't the place and you're not going to do it on my damn business pages you know 
Yeah, no. I think people have lost the cooth that I think the world needs. Yeah. And honestly, I think it's so refreshing. I love to meet people who are straightforward and direct because you that doesn't mean you're an asshole. That just means you're mm-hmm. genuine. I think that shows their authenticity because their directness can also, it also is aimed at themselves. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm really being an asshole today and I need to own my shit, you know, type of a thing. So, I mean, mm-hmm. social media is beautiful. It's, it's a curse. It's everything in between. And you have to, you have to filter it for yourself. Yeah. But, um, in closing, I guess, um, I mean, you, what anchors your heart, mind, and spirit on the day to day? What what anchors it? What I know I'm meant to do and what I, what, what I know is coming. I think, um, one of my favorite exercises, and I just, um, re-recorded another one for an, an upcoming client, um, is, um, I spent so many years trying to please everybody else and trying to do something in the world so that I would get acceptance from my family or they would say this about me or that about me. And I realized not that some of those things weren't things that I knew I wanted to do, but I was wanting them because I wanted acceptance and I wanted love. And now, not that I don't care if it comes, but that's not my driving motivator. Like my purpose is so much deeper than I've even shared in general. Like my husband and I were mapping out the next five years for resilient heart and resilient voice and, um, and two more projects that are coming, Mm -hmm. um, in the next year to two years. And that's what keeps me pushing every day because I look at my messiest, hardest, most struggle seasons where I was counting change to feed my kid and getting evicted and having to pick my shit up off the curb more than once. Um, is one to never go back to that space and two to create a legacy where not only my family is okay for the rest of their lives, but that I can create jobs for men and women where they feel seen and loved and respected and celebrated. Um, and then every other project that I do has a tie into the community because there has been so many years when one, I didn't have, I had too much pride to ask for help. So there's all these beautiful community organizations that probably would have helped me over the years but I know that someone else is just like me and they don't want to ask for that help because it's hard and nobody wants to say, I need, I need that. And so everything that I do from here on out um, is, is, it has a community tie-in. And so you can't really tell me anything about whether or not you like what I'm doing because it's bigger than, you know, and I don't care what you think. And who cares? So. Exactly. No. And that's the one thing that I really like about um, the coaching. And I think we're going to see a rise in this. And I hope people continue to do that is to get out into the community and yeah. to connect community and, and the resources and the information, because I think there's not enough information out there. Um, there's not enough normalizing. Um, it's just like, we, why do we need to struggle in private? Like everybody's struggling in one way or another. So like, let's normalize it. And I think, um, therapy, you know, therapists and such are limited in what they are allowed to do legally and ethically. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, they can't, they can't necessarily, I mean, they can connect you with a resource, but I mean, you could be, you could lose your license over too much, you know, disclosure, for example, like it's a different realm Mm -hmm. because of what they're entitled to, uh, do or not. But I think that this is a huge component. Um, like I have a, I have a conversation tonight with a, with a nonprofit gal who's trying to work with, you know, parents and kids in the school districts and looking for some, um, 
you know, wanting maybe to see if I come out and help and talk with these people, um, the kids and or the parents and hold groups and different things. And I think this is so relevant. It's like, it's really partnering up and getting out there and giving that education and resources. And it's not about come be my client. It's about connection and let's heal. And we can do that one person at a time, or we can do it on a bigger thing. And I think you're right. I mean, there's a lot of people you get shamed if you're not in a good space, you're too embarrassed to ask, or you're treated like shit because you're in the place you're in and people Mm -hmm. judge you and look down on you. And it doesn't make any of it safe to be able to dig yourself out of that hole. Yeah. I love it. But you know, everybody, um, I'll be posting Gabby's links, go follow her. If you want some hypnosis or any of that, please go find her. She's amazing. And, uh, she's my, my website is up. It's actually Gabby Garland.com. Yay, is up. Don't judge me. Cause we're going to work on it. Cause it's been I'm quite a process. Shit. I haven't touched mine since it went live and I need to. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, listen, y'all we're a work in progress. So if you're expecting perfection from your girl, it's not gonna happen. It's not it. And well. nor nor do you want anybody pretending to be perfect. Like I'm just gonna no. say that. So no. No, absolutely not. You can you can <sighs> find Gabby as a hot mess on one day and like fly as fuck the next. So it's good. It's good. Look at this. And then today I'm like, hair she told done. me she Woo. said I'll try to brush my hair for your Wednesday show, and I was like, well, mine's not gonna be done. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time I've done. My husband's gonna get home today and he'll be like, oh, welcome home. Oh, hey. like, oh. <laughs> yeah, because I've been looking crazy. Put those leather pants back on and just get ready. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yes, so. ma'am. Well, thank <sighs> you so much for being on here, and she's You're pretty welcome. much Gabby Garland everywhere. Uh, well, your TikTok is Resilient Hearts. Agent. Resilient Gabby. Resilient Heart oh, Gabby, I think. Resilient Heart Gabby. Okay. Well, we'll post but them I'm, all in this go. Dude, I'm, yeah. She's all over the place. <laughs> well, thank yeah. you for having me on. As always, you're enjoyable and I just adore you to pieces. And no, I you too. appreciate it. <laughs> well, all have right, a lady. beautiful day, ma'am. You too. Bye. Bye-bye.